I don't give a where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Washington Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to Season 3, Episode Lucky Number 13 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the Director of Scouting for TSN and former NHL GM. will be along very shortly. My name is Dean Millard and this is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. And some of those stars uh, were on display this past week at the CHL NHL's Top Prospect Game. So we're going to break from our usual format of Top Shelf Town next wave and time machine and we're just going to recap the top prospects game with a few players uh, that that I noticed that Craig noticed that a lot of people noticed and we'll take a look at the newest Craigslist that is out at tsn.ca this is just a quick look at the top 10 uh, that you can peruse and certainly some changes uh, when you look at uh, the previous list uh, Matt Savoy is uh, a Ty Nelson in uh, Ivan Mirshnichenko uh, is they're not in the uh, top 10 anymore. Danila Yurov is not in the top 10. Cutter Goche has made his way in there. Uh, Simon Nemich was in there, but he's uh, up to number four from number six. Uh, Joachim Kamel has dropped uh, from three uh, to uh, five, and you'll hear from Craig a little bit later on uh, some of um, the you know what he's looking at when he's putting together. He's not predicting this is going to be one to ten. And a guy like Pavel Mintukov, a defenseman who's been just excellent Excellent as of late has uh, jumped into the top 10 of the Craigslist. You can find that full list at tsn.ca and you can check out Craig's list. And uh, this is a show that is brought to you by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. And Craig joins us on the UFHL hotline. Check out ufsports.com to become a scout and you can track the same players that Craig and other NHL, WHL, whatever scouts that are out there. You track real world players and then you can get paid off when they make it to the big time. And more great shows can be found on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network as well. We are live on Twitch. Check out Ultimate Fantasy Sports on Twitch. And, of course, our YouTube channel. If you would like to be part of the programming, send an email to ufsn at uffsports.com and get your programming on our network. All right, let's dive into it now with a full recap of the CHL NHL's Top Prospect Game. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, 
Yes, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All right, Craig, it was wonderful to see you and Gord Miller calling junior hockey at the Top Prospects game, the CHL-NHL Tops Prospects game. And uh, first of all, you know, I think people that maybe, if, if maybe they were tuning in for the first time for this game, thought it was going to be like a 9-8 uh, Dangle City kind of game. They've never watched this type of game. I mean, that Top Prospects game the other night is the perfect example, in my opinion, of what a Top Prospects game should be. Tight checking, some checks some nice goals, some good saves, and, and players uh, uh, allowed to show off the skills they use every day as opposed to trying to dangle through three or five guys during an All-Star game. Well, and, and, and it's not an All-Star game. Just because you have the top prospects, you know, all those players there are trying to show what they're capable of. They're, they're, I was told there was over 300 NHL personnel at the game representing all 32 NHL teams. So you have a chance to go and show what your game is about. So you're a defensive defenseman or you're a hard-checking winger and you're not going to be a hard-checking uh, winger or you're not going to be a physical defenseman. You know, Noah Warren, the big defenseman from the Yatno Olympics, he, he, he let everybody know how the game was going to be when he delivered that big body check on Shane Wright early in the first period. And... You know, as Jeff O'Neill, I thought Jeff O'Neill put it best. He, he told the players on both teams this. He goes, you know what? Go out there and show them what you got. And show them that you have the ability and the attributes to play in the NHL and that they want to do business with you. That's what this is all about. Show them that you have enough where they go, I want to do business with you. Isn't that what it should be? A hundred percent. I mean, to, to put it in like uh, terms I understand, you wouldn't be a butterfly goalie going into this game and play a stand-up style the whole time. You would stick to what gets you successful, what has made you successful. And, and for anybody going into this game, trying to do something that they haven't shown is ridiculous. So that's the perfect advice. Do the exact same thing that got you here and it'll get you to the next level if you keep progressing. That, and that's it. And that's it, right? Like, you know, what's your game? What's your calling card? You know, Dean, when you when you hand out your business card, I, I'm pretty sure it probably has your name on it, ha, ha, has your address, email address, your phone number, right? You don't put a different phone number <laughs> on, on your business card, do you? <laughs> yeah, that would be that would kind of defeat the purpose, and it's a, it's the same sort of thing. Guys right. uh, that are bangers and crashers aren't uh, danglers. Uh, you know the old saying: uh, "Crusher that tries to become a rusher uh, quickly becomes an usher," as Bob Stoffer sometimes would say to me. So you don't do what you're what you're not supposed to do. You do what the scouts and and the other thing is the scouts are coming to see you play your game, not somebody else's game. They, they there's some players in this game that maybe are going to get scouted a lot more because. They kept playing their game, and the scout says, "Huh, I got to watch this player a little bit more." Well, that's exactly it, and and in some cases, maybe a lot more. You know, like you know, one of the benefits that uh, with the game, you know, being put on this year, albeit a little bit later, is the seasons have all been extended, and so you not only have until the end of April, the end of April, third week of April, twenty first, somewhere it's where it's ending. You also have, uh, you know, then the playoffs right after that. So it's not like the NHL personnel are being cut short on their evaluation. 
this game serves as a really, really important uh, opportunity, not only to watch players in a in a scenario where it's competitive and it's, you know, you, you get to evaluate Kevin Korczynski versus Dan, uh, you, you know, against players from, the, from Ontario and Quebec and vice versa. It also says to the NHL personnel, we better go watch this player. I'll give you a perfect example. Reed Dick, the goaltender for the Swift Current Broncos. Okay, so you watch him. Uh, he goes into that game, and he was fantastic. And nothing accidental about his game. Well, Swift Current's in a playoff hunt uh, in the Western Hockey League. They might make it. They might not. But that game serves as, as, as an indicator to NHL personnel. We better schedule Reed Dick in there. You know, we better find out when Reed Dick's playing. We better watch him a little bit closer. Because he showed enough to warrant more evaluation and more significant evaluation. I, I, I said during the broadcast that I watched Reed Dick play, and I think back to Joel Hoffer. Joel Hoffer was a fifth-round draft pick from the Western Hockey League, led Canada to, to a gold medal at the 2020 World Junior Championship, and he's a real top-notch prospect for the St. Louis Blues. Maybe Reed Dick's in the same boat. Yeah, and that's the type of springboard that a guy might need going out and, and showing what he's doing. And you mentioned the amount of scouts and, and NHL personnel that were there. Uh, for them, it must have been great to, to be a part of this game. And, you know, for the kids to be able to have this game, whether you're going in and you're shining or you're just, you know, comparing yourself to your peers or playing with peers or meeting new people. I mean, this is an important uh, um, a date on the calendar every year for prospects. And just to get this game back on must have felt pretty refreshing for this CS for the CHL. Yeah, well, and, and the CHL did a fantastic job with the game, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, going into Kitchener, the fans were great in the building, you know, full building. And, you know, people that are involved with junior hockey coast to coast, you know, have an opportunity to watch these players. And, and I think just as importantly, you know, it, it gives everybody an opportunity to say, Oh, that's why we're invested in junior hockey. That's why we're involved in junior hockey. Oh, because, you know, in the last couple of years with, you know, the Ontario Hockey League not playing, bubble situations occurring and other ones, you know, sometimes it's not that we don't believe it, but sometimes we need that reminder to say this matters. And I think what the CHL did with the entire event was, was just tremendous. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange year. We're going to have a World Junior Tournament in August, a later draft, and we had finally this game back, so it was great. And let's let's start with the, the guy who came into this game number one, left the game number one. He's number one on the Craigslist, which there's a new one at tsn.ca. He was number one in the UFHL scouting consensus rankings, and that's Shane Wright. And just a terrific start, breakaway off the bat, off a turnover, and then he converts on a goal. And the rest of the game, like, uh, you know, I... I I, I haven't watched Shane Wright as much as you, but from what I know about Shane Wright, this was a really great example because he put up points, he looked dynamic, and then I thought the rest of the game, he gave his chance. He wasn't cheating for offense. He was he was being responsible. He was being disciplined. That, to me, is Shane Wright. He's going to get you points, but he's also going to prevent points at the other end, and he gave his a team a chance to get back in the game by not cheating and not you know trying to create offense and, and getting desperate for that sort of thing. I think this was a really good example of Shane Wright. Yeah, and I think when you talk about his game, you know, you, you just described it, Dean. I can tell you this, in the Shane Wright uh, dictionary, uh, cheat isn't in his dictionary. 
he he doesn't he doesn't uh, cheat any situation. He's got precision and detail in his game in a big significant way. There was a shift in the third period where he, he was trying to make a line change, and uh, the shift ended up getting extended uh, for a period of time. And he 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 was trying to get off and he couldn't. But you know what? Like you talk about dialing in to to, to what he could do. He understood. Okay. If they're going to if they're going to beat us or break us down, they're going to have to come to these areas. And he said, "I'm just going to defend here. I'm not going to try to overextend myself, which will put other players in harm's way on his team." He just said, "I know where I I, I need to go, and I know how to manage this situation." I thought, and 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 you would never watch it, you know, and say, "Oh, geez, look at look at that great play." But the, the fact that he was just so settled. Knowing that he was uh, didn't have a lot of uh, gas in the tank, it's like kind of coasting into town, right? Like, you know, you kind of make sure that like, okay, I'm low on the gas. I better not use anything. I better not accelerate. I better not leave my car idling. I understand that like I got to conserve my energy here because I don't have a lot. He got his car to where he needed to get it to. Yeah, I remember that. I, uh, a lot of times, uh, the odd hills in Manitoba, I would have to coast down in neutral because I was on fumes coming back into Brandon. Exactly. But, but he knows he knows what to do. And even you know when he's out of gas, he's still terrifically responsible. Showed some great offensive instincts as well on his goal, uh, starting that play out of the own end and knowing where to be. And so you just saw a little bit of everything, I thought, uh, for, from a scout looking at Shane Wright. And there's only a few teams right now that are looking at Shane Wright, unless there's some trades. Uh, and the other thing I think about this game was, you know, some of them getting to, to talk or to, you know, have conversations or whatever. He seems to have the perfect personality that you want for a hockey player. I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys were nervous about this game. He seems like a guy, and I've never had a conversation with him, but he seems like a guy who just takes everything in stride and lives in the moment and doesn't get too caught up in things. Is, is that sort of the case of the Shane Wright personality? I, I think for the most part, but let's keep in mind, uh, I how you describe him is what he is. But like anybody else, you know, you, you, and, and there was a period of time this year where, you know, there was noise surrounding uh, Shane Wright. Oh, was he as good as everybody says he is? Oh, my Lord, is he, is he the best player in the draft, right? The players all hear that. Shane Wright heard that. And I think that, you know, you start to, oh, God, I want to show what I'm capable of. I, I don't think there's any question that players are always – wanting to show what they're capable of. Sometimes it, they're guilty of trying to do too much. And I think for the most part, though, what Shane did was he just settled back in and said, wait a second here, here's who I am. I'm just going to go and play. And I think that he just kind of let that kind of, uh, it was like water off a duck's back. It, it was sitting there and then he just said, hey, wait a sec. You know what? I'm just going to go and play. And play he has. I mean, he has been tremendous uh, uh, over the course of the last two months since really returning from the World Junior Tournament. And there's no question who the best player in the draft is. There's simply no question. There never was a question for me. Maybe I had the benefit of having seen him for a much longer time and being able to build up that confidence. But, you know, uh, the, the, the thought that there was a player that could overtake Shane Wright yeah, it didn't exist. That was, you know, you want to talk about fantasy? That was fantasy. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I don't think there's any talk about that anymore. He's been on a tear. And, uh, you know, Shane Wright will be the first overall pick in the NHL draft. I think we can safely say that. And most likely in the UFHL draft as well, high-level scouting on your recommendation has that player. And Duckman's domination has a pick that will be eligible to take him. So it seems like a match made in heaven. So I'm really excited about that. I was also excited to see the play of Matt Savoy. And, and I thought Shane Wright had a great start. And Matt Savoy had some really good jump. And, and every article I read, read about this or recap seemed to bring up, you know, Matt Savoy showed off a little physicality, uh, got around the ice, uh, created things. Uh, did he, you know, was he was he a bit of a buzz guy after this game when you were talking to scouts? Yeah, I'll be straightforward with you. I haven't talked to very many scouts after the game, to be honest with you. You know, I I traveled uh, back to Calgary on Thursday, and uh, you know, just had just didn't have an opportunity to talk to to very many at all. Uh, listen, Matt Savoy is a good player, and and I think in, in the course of that game, what was interesting, he started at center ice, and then they moved him up to the right wing with uh, Shane Wright and Danny Zilkin. He ended up playing right wing, and he kind of. You know, you think about Matty, and I think that he can play right wing or center. I think he can play either position. And, I, you know, he had that opportunity in that game. And, you know, you know, the thing about Matt, too, is is that he, as a young player, and I've watched him since he was 14, as a young player, he, he was quicker and faster than the opponents. So he was able to skate by players and, you know, get in and around the net. And as he's advanced up the levels, to me, he's really learned how to uh, use that speed and use that skating prowess to a much greater extent. Speeds up, slows down, changes gears. You know, he's got that quick step in stride. He, he made a great play coming down the left wing, and he, he, he's cutting in on the goal around the defenseman. And a lot of guys are going to go around the net, but he's quick enough and agile enough where he cut right in front of the net and forced uh, a really good save at that point in time. So, you know, Matt Savoy is, is going to be uh, a real good NHL player. I, I see some similarities to Phil Kessel in his game. We all know what Phil Kessel's done in the NHL. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty heady comparison when it comes to offensive production. And, and, you know, you talk about skating. We always get caught up with skating as like, oh, this is the fastest guy. I think skating, when I think a great skater, I think of agility. I think of edge work. I think, like you said, being able to slow down and, and, and speed up at different things. I mean, you can go as fast as you want. The, the rink is only so big. Like, you're going to run out of room eventually. So when I think about skating and I look at the, uh, the on-ice testing that they did, Matt Savoy uh, excelled in that area area and is able to just you know get back and forth on his edges so well that's what I think of when I think of a great skater yeah speed is great and be able to blow by guys is great but be able to put guys off balance with your shiftiness is something that I think great skaters have do you watch F1 I do a little bit yeah if you watch have you watched the series the series is fantastic but an F1 driver is not a drag racer an F1 driver needs to know how to corner, needs to know how to shift down and shift up, knows how to manage those tight areas. You know, you hear about hairpin turns and everything. That's what you have to do in the NHL. If it was just about the fastest skater, you would just get the fastest skaters, right? It's not about the fastest skaters. It's about who can manage like an F1 driver. The best players in the NHL can manage. You know, Connor McDavid is lights out fast. I mean, you know, 
very few players have been able to do what Connor McDavid does, skate by opponents. The, the over, like, very few can skate. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to be able to, uh, you know, manage that skating, manage the agility, the pivoting, the turning, uh, you know, gear up, gear down. That, that, that's where you have success in the NHL. It's, it's no different than a pitcher in baseball. If you just want to keep throwing the fastball, everybody in the majors can hit the fastball. You got to change speeds. It's the same thing with a skater in the NHL. And Maddie Savoy can change speeds. And, you know, if it was just about drag racing, just load it up. Who skates the fastest in a straight line? As my good friend Tim Bernhardt has often said, a lot of players can get nowhere fast. Yeah, it's not a sprint or else then it would be speed skating without sticks and pucks because that is about who is the fastest. So you're exactly right. And one of the guys who is, uh, you know, one of the fastest going up the rankings right now in a lot of different rankings is Jagger Furcus and a guy that we talked about. And boy, he he sure proved why some people like yourself have moved him up in in the rankings uh, in that game for a number of reasons, didn't he? Well, in my previous rankings, I didn't even have them because I didn't even know them. You know, I was watching them. I mean, early on in the year, I'd never seen Jagger Furcus play before this year. You know, he, he didn't have a real opportunity to play very much last year. You know, he's growing and developing. And, you know, obviously with Denton McKaychuk playing in Moose Jaw, they become uh, part of your scheduling uh, 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 procedure. And early on, you you watch Moose John, you watch Dent, and you go, honey, this Furcus kid's not bad, right? And, and literally, that's where it was for me. I, you got to watch it. You know you're going back to watch Moose Jaw. So as time goes on and, you know, you get later into the fall, into winter, then certainly as the, as the, as the new year turned, you know, I'm back watching Moose Jaw, and I'm going, this young Jagger Furcus is a good player. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't really have a real good book on him in January. I got a good book on him now, and he's a really good player. And, you know, I think that that's another factor, Dean, when you look at the uh, at the players. A lot of these players haven't played very much. You know, if I just go back to Shane Wright, think about this with Shane Wright. March of 2020, the middle of March 2020, everything stopped. The next time that, that, that Shane Wright, he had a little bit of World Junior camp, uh, you know, in, in December of 2020, those weren't games. The next time he played a game was in April of 2021. He went almost 14 months without playing a game. Then he didn't play again. You know, he went to the summer junior camp. They didn't play again until October. He played six games in 18 months. 60. That's all he played. Wow. At the U18 because he missed one game at the U18. And, like, all these other players hadn't played. They hadn't played any games. So it's going to take some time to for them to get their feet wet. A number of the Western Hockey League coaches, Sean Clouston, uh, Michael Dick, John Paddock, you know, they told me that, you know, even though some of the players played in a bubble, like, they hadn't played very much. They hadn't played on the road. And, and a lot of these players – we're just kind of in the early in the new year, just kind of with games played, closing in on a completion of their first season. When you add it all up, they didn't get a chance to play in 2021. They, they, they so now they start or they played very little. Now they play in the fall. There's stops and pauses and postponements, and now they're starting to play. And you know you got to keep in mind 
that they're trying to find their way. They're trying to get comfortable. You haven't had a chance to evaluate them. I think that's a pertinent. It's not just Jagger Furcus, who, who I didn't know. It's a lot of players mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that fell into that boat. Well, and when you don't know them, how do you rank them? You you don't, and yeah. then you, you you get to see them play. And and I think a lot of people are putting Moose Jaw now on their calendar a little bit more in this latter half of the season to be able to watch him. And you know, the, 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 he had a terrific goal. And and I, that's one thing I'd like to to ask you about is there's a lot of good things uh, when you look at a shot, whether it's the the speed, the accuracy, the release, whatever. I, I'm almost looking at that goal he scored as deceptive because he's coming across the ice. I'm expecting him to shoot it at some point and I was still caught off guard by how good and how great and accurate that shot was what do you specifically like when you see Jagger Furcus and, and what you've seen of him with that shot if you can't operate in tight spaces and you can't keep goaltenders off balance you're never going to be a top-notch scorer you got to get that puck off quickly you got to be able to disguise your release you got to be able to be thinking all the time. You're not only trying to get past defenders as they're trying to deny your shot. You're also trying to size up where the goaltender is at. I mean, he he, he scores that goal. I mean, he had a he had a shift in the third period, and, and Reed Dick made an unbelievable save. He uh, very similar to his goal. You know, uh, Jagger is moving from his left to his right, and he shoots it back against the pad. Uh, the first goal, he beat him up over the glove. He just wires it over the glove. Now, and and and, and that wasn't uh, that wasn't Reed Dick, okay? Uh, that was uh, that was uh, Bre- uh, T- Brennan. Uh, let me just see here. Let me just see. I don't want to. Uh, no, that was uh, Zagalov. Yeah, Ivan Zagalov. Yeah. Yeah. So he so over the blocker. He didn't beat him over the glove. So he beat him over the blocker. Just wired it right. So now. Now he's facing Reed Dick, right? He comes down in that sequence. He goes left to right, bang on the low. He goes he goes back on the right pad. Reed Dick makes a great save. And then there was a sequence where Reed was outstanding. But later on, Jagger was almost in a similar spot, and, and he went high blocker on, on Reed Dick. And that, to me, is, is like, this kid thinks. This kid thinks on the move. He, he He's trying to keep a goaltender off balance. Reed Dick's thinking, oh, he went... And remember, those two guys have played against each other, mm-hmm. you know, with Moose Jaw and Swift Current. So that wasn't the first time, but you're watching Jagger think. You're, you're, you're watching him try to exploit and probe for, the, probe for openings and then exploit them. That's a skill in and of itself, and he's got it in a – I mean, no player had more goals playing in that game than Jagger Furcus. That, that alone should put your eyes right on him. Yeah, no kidding. And interesting, you have Jagger Furcus and Moose Jaw, uh, Jake Carabella in Guelph, and Carabella sets up Furcus. Furcus sets up Carabella. Two guys that I'm guessing didn't know each other before this game and certainly probably hadn't played together looked pretty comfortable together. Uh, what did you see from Jake Carabella? Well, I, you, you know, I'd seen Jake Carabella play the week before. I actually saw him play twice with Guelph, and I've seen him a number of times this year. And one of the things with Jake is, and, and, and again, like, He's another player that's going to, uh, you know, you know, you go back and you understand. Okay, what does he show? What does he got? And there's no question his place on my on my list coming out. Uh, my next list will be will be higher. But you know, watching him in Guelph, I, I saw a player that was a little bit hesitant to shoot, and you know that that's okay. That happens. But you know, he's a good playmaker. He's got good hands. 
sometimes players are, are, are much more adept playing with better players. Because when you can think at a high level, and Jake is a really smart player, you're, you're looking for plays, and sometimes the players you're playing with and the teammates you're playing with you know, aren't, aren't thinking at the same level. So you, I, don't, I wouldn't say you get stymied, but you, know, you might not get the same results uh, that, that you would otherwise. Well, now you get them into a game with better players, and, and those skills and those attributes and the thinking, you know, get magnified. And I think that that's what happened with Jake Carabella. And if you think going to the NHL, you're not playing with better players, then, uh, you, you know, you, you're not very realistic. And to be able to play with better players is a requirement uh, to have success in the NHL. Jake took one step, uh, a significant step in showing that at the prospects game. You know, we've talked about that. There are guys that you know are top-line players, and then there are guys that you might not think are a first-line player, but they complement those better players so well that you can't take them off that line, and those better players want to play with them. It's not always the first overall picks. You don't just take three first overall picks, stick them on a line together. Sometimes it's a high draft pick. Sometimes it's a journeyman. Sometimes it's a different player, and then that chemistry develops, or they think the game on a similar level, but maybe the skill set isn't isn't as as high as the other player but they still work together so that's a really good point sometimes you don't expect it maybe but those players that you wouldn't expect mesh with the top line players yeah there's no question about it dean and you know one of the things i evaluate with goal scorers and players you know where where they got to find those openings like sometimes a player playing at, at levels below the nhl you know you look at them and, and, and you look at the, you can look at the stat sheet. Oh, geez, he didn't have a scoring chance. Oh boy. He didn't have a shot on goal or whatever. No, obviously no goal. And you go, but in the course of watching a game, you go, geez, he went to the right place four times. He just didn't get the puck to him. Right. right? And now you start to look at it and go, well, he, he has X amount of goals. You know, he scored, you know, he can score. And now you see him in that type of a game and you go, wait a sec. Like if he's getting to the right spots, just because he's not getting to the puck, getting the puck doesn't mean he's not good. And then you say, well, at the next level, he will get the puck. I worry about players that don't get to the right spots, that are slow getting to the right spots. Their timing is off, right? Because if your timing is off at the levels below the NHL, you're not really aware of where you need to go at the levels below the NHL. You're not going to get there once you get one. You're not going to to think that you're going to be able to do it once you get to the NHL. Right. It's misguided. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on the back end, Owen Pickering, a cool story. This guy loves burgers. In fact, he eats them on game day for breakfast, two burgers, and, and he has a growing frame to fill smooth on his skates as well. And, you know, it was a guy, a really good example for kids because he was a later Bantam pick, I think. And, you know, whether it was he was going through a growth spurt and getting used to it, he seems like he's really comfortable with his size now. And that can sometimes take guys a little while to get comfortable as they go through growth spurts at these teenage years I, I i would just add this dean i think he's continuously getting more comfortable he's only going to get much more comfortable with his side he's still growing as my dear friend les jackson would say he would say he's just a pump he's just a pump he's got lots of growth he's raw and all i know is this when i watch owen pickering play i see a really intelligent player i see really good skating uh, base, uh, good feet work, good good pivoting, agility, quickness. I see really good puck skills. I see a player that competes. So now 
part of the projection when you're looking at 17, 18-year-old kids. Okay, okay, so you're seeing all this happen. You're seeing all these attributes. What happens once he's physically mature? And, and that maturation process is going on. And as the maturation process is going on, he's getting more confident. And as he gets more confident, he's becoming more productive. I, I think Owen Pickering uh, is, is a player that has terrific, terrific potential for all those reasons. And, you know, I, I, really, I really think that, you, you know, even over the course of the next month or six weeks, you're, you're going to see a player take even more command of, of the game. And there's no question in my mind that he's got a bright, bright future as an NHL defenseman. All right, I want to go back to Reed Dick uh, for a second. You made the comparison to Joel Hofer, and, and our scouting guru, Larry Fisher, made the same comparison at one point, uh, too. So great minds think alike. He was certainly the busiest, and, and I thought he just looked absolutely terrific. Like, he looked uh, incredibly comfortable in net. Sometimes you can tell when a player, or especially a goalie, or you know, a pitcher or a quarterback is a little bit nervous because of the spotlight. I mean, he came in halfway through, which isn't an easy thing to do, and didn't miss a beat. No, he didn't. Well, and he, and he got challenged right off the bat. I mean, right off the bat, yeah, there was some really good scoring chances against him. But you know, when, when you talk about looking comfortable, like I said earlier, there, there was nothing accidental in his game, Dean. He, you know, he, he, reading the play, understanding, you know, how he's going to maintain really good positioning, not open up while he's moving. I mean, so many uh, areas, uh, so many different situations, rather where he demonstrated that. And to me, when you see a goaltender that's reading the play, that understands how to close down the net, yeah, he's raw. Yeah, he still needs time to to grow and continue to develop. But watching him, and I've seen him play a game. I've I've only seen him play one game in the Western Hockey League. And, you know, you you can see some of those abilities, but he's another player that's taken, like you, you watch and you go, those steps ahead, those those little progressive uh, improvements. And I, I think he put them full on display at the CHL Prospects game. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. Craig joins us on the UFHL Hotline Scouting, a huge part, lifeblood of franchises in the UFHL. Free agents, prospects, they all go through scouts. So you can get in the game where you own the game. Put your scouting talent to good use. If you like going to games, start watching some players, become an independent scout, form a partnership with an existing franchise. Reach out to at the UFHL on Twitter and get in the scouting game. So one of the other things that was uh, pretty cool is that your new Craigslist came out. I just uh, threw down a top 10 and I think it'd probably be good for you. You know, when you do your Craigslist, you're not saying Logan Cooley is going number two way ahead of Uri Slikowski. You're giving people an idea of where these players can go. And, you know, I think there's one guy that can go number one this year, but is there, could do you think there could be a lot of interchangeability between these, uh, you know, two to 10 on this list? Oh, for sure there is, Dean. I, I always sit down and look. I mean, I'm trying to project who I think will be the best players, and I, I mean, but 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 you know, it'd be easy as if they were all the same, if they were all the same position. I mean, you're looking at you're uh, Logan Cooley, a centerman, Slavkowski, a winger, Nemitz, a, a centerman, or Nemitz, a, a defenseman. Excuse me. You got Kemmel, a winger, Gauthier, and they're all different. They're all different players. And it would be really easy if they were all the same. You just go, okay, 
Who, who's the tallest? Well, he's six two and a half. Oh, he's six two, and just a little bit under six two and a half. So he's taller. It's not, it, it's not about that. And I wish I could get, get say clearly, Logan Cooley's better than Uri Slavkowski. I can tell you why I have Logan Cooley rated higher than Uri Slavkowski. But somebody could say, oh, Craig, you know Slavkowski's better. I might say, yeah, you're right. I mean, you could look at this list if you just go one to eight. Let's just or two to eight. And I could just say, flip them around. You might not be wrong. I'm just saying that this is, you know, where I see the players. I try to describe where I think they can be. I try to project it. But all in all, you're looking at at these players at, for for what their potential can, can, can be. No, I, I'm not trying to predict the draft. I, I can't predict the draft. Nobody can predict the draft. And you know, teams are left with choices. Teams are always left with choices. A group of players that they're going. This guy over that guy, that guy over this guy. What do you think about this guy? You know, Dean, I, I, I've said this to you many a times. I've talked about it on this show. The, the, the dumbest thing, and let me just be clear on this. The dumbest thing anybody can say is best player available. Because <laughs> if it was as simple as knowing who the best player available is, anybody would be able to do it. You just run down a list, oh, best player available. Best player available is through the eyes of the people that are evaluating the players. And everybody does it differently. There's 32 teams in the NHL that all have different draft lists. None are the same. And I can guarantee you this. No team has, has, has the same list in the top 10. No team. So now we're going to go to 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and people go best player available. Best player available is through the eyes of, uh, of the individual scouts and the teams. Doesn't exist. And and the other one that I know you don't like is uh, oh that pick is off the board. Well, it's not your oh. board; it's their board, right? Like every, as you say, there's 32 teams with 32 different lists. So whose board is off the board? Well, how can a pick be off the board when the team that has the only say in it took the player? Right? How can that be off the board? Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But what does make a lot of sense is the Craigslist. You can find that new edition at tsn.ca, and uh, people can check that out. Also, what I'm really excited about is next week we're going to do scouting tips and story time. I know you love this because you get to relive some memories, and I know our viewers and our listeners love it because they get to learn a little bit, whether that's about a past player or a current player or you know scouting tips when you're watching players. So. Are you ready for some viewer mailbag next week? I am. I am. I love it too. I, you know what? Like I said, like scouting is a, it's a fun exercise. It's a fun process. Uh, the, I'd love to tell you that there's a, there's an absolute right way to do it. There isn't any absolutes, but there's, there's things to be aware of, things to be open-minded about, things to learn from, Dean. I'll tell you what, I try to learn every single day. People, you know, I do a list and people say to me, oh, geez, you don't have that guy high enough or whatnot. And I always say this. I said, I hope I'm right on the players that I have rated higher or where they feel comfortable. And quite frankly, if there's players uh, that aren't rated as high and, and people think that they should be rated higher, I hope I'm wrong where I have them rated lower. I, I really do. I don't, I don't want to be right on saying I don't think a player is as good as maybe others think. I hope I am wrong on that. But it is a process, and it, and 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 you and and you have to go through the process, and you got to believe in your process. But understand, there's no process; it's the same for everybody. 
Yeah, there's uh, no 100% right list for sure, but you guys were 100% great, you and Gord, on the broadcast on uh, TSN. It was great to see uh, CHL hockey back on TSN and the Memorial Cup. I can't wait for this year. Thanks as always, Craig. Uh, I look forward to scouting tips and story time next week. Yeah, my pleasure. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. Scouting tips and story time with Craig next week. We call it Craig's Council. And you can ask questions about how to scout, what to look for in certain players, what he has looked for with specific players, what he thinks of uh, past, current, uh, future players even. Whatever you want to know about. Craig has a great history. He's been around some of the brightest minds. Uh, Both his parents were involved in the game. His brother is involved in the game. I mean, uh, the stories could be endless. We could do a two-hour, three-hour, one-week show. If you have a question that you want to ask Craig, you want me to ask, Craig, send us an email tracking the draft at gmail.com. That's tracking the draft at gmail.com, and we'll add it to the list of topics uh, when we do Craig's Council. It's going to be definitely a lot of fun. This show being broadcast on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, your one stop fantasy sports shop. We want you on the network. If you have a fantasy show, we would love to chat with you about joining us. And if you just want more fantasy content, whether it's learning about UFFS or just fantasy sports in general, we are live pretty much daily on Twitch now. Uh, And we, of course, have our YouTube channel. And if you like your shows in audio only, these can be found on our podcast network as well. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network wherever you find your podcasts and you will find some great fantasy shows. UFSN at UFFSports.com if you would like to get in touch with us and get your show on the network. We are always on the lookout, just like Craig Button, for the next great superstar when it comes to fantasy sports. Thank you so much for joining us on the program this week. Enjoy your weekend. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. My name is Dean Millard. This is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. Ah!